NWTW family. Wow. <laughs> Tony <laughs> and Brie back with you. Like 1980s radio <laughs> announcer. Live 99.1. It really Tito. did. Beautiful Orange County, California. Trust your weeks off to a yes, splendid start. Yes. A quick reminder, our women's breakfast with Aaron Coates and Brie is only a couple weeks away. They're excited to spend the morning with y'all. I think Aaron correct me if I'm wrong, is teaching on the fear of man yes. and you're sharing on prayer. Details are in the show notes and online at datenightfam.org. And I know we say it a lot, but we love hearing from you. DM, reviews, and all of that, especially when you ask questions, share episode ideas, and just tell us what's going on in your life because it really helps guide us on subjects that you're going through. It does. And with that, we've got to jump right in today. Because it was kind of a cliffhanger last week. It really was. And in case you missed it, uh, we are with, in this podcast, Granger and Amber Smith. Granger had a country singing career that went platinum. His wonderful wife, Amber, three kids, and uh, what most considered a perfect life was beautiful. And then they lost their three-year-old son, River, to a drowning accident. But as we'll hear today, God does bring beauty from ashes. So let's check back in with Granger and Amber. And at this point, Granger's in his tour bus, on his knees, gun to his head, when he hears a voice. Faith to move forward in heartache, part two. This is this is when my story gets weird and I try to describe it the best I can. And I, I think saying it like, this is the safest way I could say it. I thought a thought that was not my own thought. A thought came in my head that was not in my own consciousness. And I recognized it as a foreign thought. And it said this, this is the way. Pull the trigger. You'll have rest. You'll finally have peace. It's the only way. And in a strange way, I recognized the foreign thought. And suddenly, all at once, realized I was in a spiritual war. And for the first time, I hadn't thought about that. It never occurred to me until I knew I was facing an enemy and I was outgunned and outflanked and surrounded and I had nothing to fight. I had wooden weapons, as, as I thought of them as. I had nothing against this enemy. And I cried right in that moment. I just cried out like, like knee-jerk instinctively. I just said, Jesus, save me, please. Jesus, save me. And right then, the slideshow stopped. The voice stopped. The foreign thought disappeared. I dropped the gun onto the little bed of the bus and fell down to the floor in all my clothes and fell asleep right there on the floor. Amber, what happens next for the wife there? Well, he had called me the next morning and he said that he had had a really bad night and he didn't feel good, that he drank too much. And then he's that he's he felt and saw Satan. And but he didn't tell me what happened. And he didn't tell me what happened until right before his proposal came out for the book. So I had no idea that he had Four years. put a gun up to his head. <laughs> so. And when he called me and told me that, I just I just cried in my car and I just said, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that alone and that you had to carry that with you for so long. I just had no idea that, that it had gotten that bad. I knew he had a bad night. I knew he had too much to drink. I knew he got sick, but I didn't know that I almost lost him. And so when he retells that story and he just cries out, Jesus, save me, I'm just so grateful because it could have all turned out so different. 
I'm going to throw a name at you right here, a big name. And so, Granger, you go first and tell us about the name. And then I want to hear Amber's perspective of what the, this name and this individual, the impact that he's had on your life since. You, are you ready for this? Here we go. John Piper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me, get to, let me get to Piper in this way. That, that night, that, that next morning, I should say, I had one thing in my mind, one thing. Who is Jesus really? Who is he really? And that sounds like a silly question, right? Especially in America. And it, sound, it might sound even stranger to tell you that I did grow up in a Christian household. My mother read the New Testament to me while she nursed me. I went to every church event and young life camp and group and, and retreat and... Uh, when I went to college, had had long since faded and and not gone to church or done anything uh, that would have shown you that I was a Christian. But I sure claimed him, and I sure defended Jesus, and I sure could have told you John three sixteen and Romans five eight, and uh, you know as they kind of echoed from my youth camp days. But I don't know at what point I. It's it's very hard for me to look back and go. How did I not think that, that, that Jesus would have been the solution all along to this pain and this guilt and this shame? And that wasn't evident to me. And that's the, one of the wildest parts of my testimony is that was not evident to me. And I do believe that it's not evident to a lot of people that claim Christianity today. Preach. It is a thing that they say and they claim and they might know what he did on the cross. And they might actually believe that he did it. But there is so much more to that. And so I started this journey. Who was this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? And that led me to listening to sermons on YouTube over and over and over and over. I just listened. Just con- I just wanted to know more about who he was. It still had not clicked for me until March 1st of 2020. I was listening to a sermon by a, a gentleman named John Piper. And... John was speaking out of the book of John, chapter 14. And Piper's commentating, and he's reading, and he said, he says it this way, the, the, the disciple asked Jesus, Lord, why is it that you manifest yourself to us, but not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And Piper commentates right here, that's not unconditional love. That is profoundly conditional. He yells it. You said it like that. That was beautiful. (laughs) Profoundly. I'm driving in my truck, and this just knocks me over. He reads it again. He says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him. And Piper commentates again, in a way that he doesn't love everybody. He yells it. And he's yelling at me. In all aspects of this, he's yelling at me, and suddenly, it just overwhelming, like a flood came over me, and I knew, all in that moment, I knew. I was loved. I was redeemed. I was restored and forgiven, washed clean of my guilt, not because I was not guilty. In fact, I was guilty, but because Jesus declares me through his work on the cross, through, through his redemption over sin, he declares me clean, 
Mm. I knew that. And as a response to that, I got nothing. What's his word? He says, if anyone loves me, you'll know those people. You know how you know those people? Because those are the people that keep my word. And I thought, oh, I'm one of those people, Jesus, and yet I don't know what it is. I literally met a U-turn on that road, and I called Amber, and I said, we're reading the Bible. Hmm. I want to know his word. I don't, I don't, uh, devotionals are great, but that's not the primary source. I want to go to the primary source. Let's go, let, let, let's start, I don't know what, Matthew 1 sounds like a good place to me. Let's start there and let's read because I want to know his word and I don't want to stop until I know all of it. And it was just, it was so cl- crystal clear in that moment. <laughs> and, and Amber, by God's grace, says, let's do it. Mm. And everything changed after that. Well, Amber, do you remember this season, the change in hubby? Absolutely, yes. And you asked you asked a question, you know, what is John Piper? How do I feel about John Piper? I cannot hear that name and not smile. I was listening to a sermon on the way here to talk to you guys uh, by him today. And I actually saw a recent, uh, I went to the TGC conference and he came out and he was the keynote speaker. And I just started crying mm-hmm. just because of his ministry and what he has done. And he just, God used him to get to my husband. So I'm just so, so thankful for this faithful ministry. And I probably talk about him and think about him every day, which probably is weird. Um, but yes, I remember the the big change in him. And I started to see light come back in him. I started to see him walking taller. You know, I started to see him. He's always been a leader. He's always He's always led our family, but he started to lead it in a different way. He started to lead it how God called him to lead. And so that was just a powerful witness. And it, it did. It transformed our whole family and the trajectory of of our lives. Wow. And John Piper flaps his arms better than anyone. And, and, and <laughs> the best, I think the best moment ever was when he had his smartwatch on, whichever kind it was, and it started beeping at him. I'm sure you've seen that. And so he had to yes. stop and he says, call 911. My watch thinks I'm dying. And so... <laughs> Because you both, now this is huge, you, you have done such a great job, as you always do, Granger, of telling the story, and Amber, you've, you've got us to this pinnacle moment. The Lord is doing something mighty. He's taking this, this, this story of utter pain, and he's turning it into something that he's going to use for his glory. Um, but there was this little thread running through there uh, that I want to just, just real quickly touch on, if you have time. You both grew up with a semblance of Christianity. And you mentioned this, Granger. It was culture. We'll use this term. I, I like this term. I use it. Culture Christianity. And you've become, I've watched your preaching. That's why I want you to come preach here. You've become huge proponents of people truly bending the need of the Lordship of Christ. Can you speak to that, kind of what you've seen, and then where you now want to see people go in their relationship with Jesus? Yeah, it's, it's a big part of my ministry right now. And, you know, I gave up country music left country music to to speak to this, really, to speak to who Jesus is mm-hmm. and to be the proponent that gets people to bend the knee. And I don't have time to do anything else because there's too many people. And America is is has a really big problem with this because I've talked to people in, in different parts of the world and they it's it's so foreign to them that they almost can't even understand what we're talking about. It's like, wait a minute, you're telling me you're a Christian and you say you love Jesus and you, you pray to him, but you, you don't go to church? 
and you don't do you don't read the Bible, you don't read anything he said. That doesn't make any sense. But somehow we have adopted it into our culture and our heritage. And so and you see this with you do see this with other Abrahamic religions, how it becomes nominal and it becomes heritage and it becomes the family tradition. And I think enough time has gone by in America now where that has been the case. It is now Christianity has become embedded and one with uh, family connection, family heritage, nostalgia. I, I, I am so big with telling people you have to tear away the nostalgia of your parents mm. and their Christianity. You have to begin your own relationship because if it's because if, if, if you're a Christian because you want to see mom in heaven or if you're a Christian because you, you really hope to get to go fishing with grandpa again in heaven, if that's the only reason and a lot of people are driven by that kind of idea, then I would really want to sit down with you and go, I, I think we got to I think we have some major problems here. And so this is what I want to get out and do. And I, I, want, to, I want to just encourage people um, to take Jesus seriously for what he said. And that, that was a big thing for me as I read the Bible. I just thought, have I always underestimated what he said or misunderstood the severity of, of how he's speaking as we read, as he's revealed himself? When he says things like, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Mm-hmm take up his cross and follow me. For anyone that would save their life will lose it. It's like, have I always underestimated, have we all underestimated the seriousness that he spoke with? And so I would encourage people to go back and and look at that. Look at what he said. Go look at all of of what he said and then go look at what the prophets said and and go look at what the apostles said and go look what his disciples said after this. And, And as we look at the whole Bible and we take the whole canon and we look at it and we go, I think this means we have to give up everything. I, I, I don't see it any other way. And you can interpret that. We could all interpret what I just said in a different context. I, I get that. Um, but we really have to look at our lives and go, am I living? Am, am I a living sacrifice for him? Not because I'm earning him. Mm-hmm but because I'm saved and this is the overflow of my gratitude for that. Amen. So good. So you you have new life springing up everywhere. The calling, of course, but then also uh, one element we don't want to miss is that you now have a new little one. So Amber Maverick, tell us quickly about Mav. Oh my goodness. He is the little miracle that we was not in our plan. Like when we first met, when we first got married, we wanted three, we always told people we wanted when they asked us how many kids we wanted, we said three plus one because we thought maybe someday we would adopt or foster or something. And we still might. Still might. Yes. I've actually been talking about it. <laughs> um, but he was not in our plan. And that just goes to show, like, I think I was just watching a sermon that John Piper did. Like, we, you don't plan your life. Mm-hmm. God directs your steps. And I had my tubes tied after River. And then after we lost River, Granger came to me um, relatively shortly after and just said, I have something on my heart. I just was thinking if you would ever want to have another baby, you know, it, it, would that be an option? And at first I said, absolutely not. I just, I was grieving. I, I thought it would be a betrayal to River. And then I felt, you know, my wise mother-in-law told me once that her husband had told her, Granger's dad had said, you know, God doesn't only speak to you. God can speak to your husband too. And and he had a very strong feeling about he had more love to give and he felt there was another baby. And so I felt, okay, Lord, 
I'm going to, I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to, I'm going to let my husband lead. I'm going to trust this. And so we looked into our options and now we have this amazing two-year-old little boy who just brings so much joy to our house and our home and our hearts and our kids. And he's never a replacement for River, but I always say he's just a beautiful new chapter in God's story that he's writing for our family. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise praise God. He's amazing. Yeah. Dear sister, what was it like for you when Granger said, hey, I want to be a pastor? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, this whole country music thing, the reason we met each other. Nah. Yeah. Well, he, he never truly said, like, I want to be a pastor. He just came and said, there's too many hurting people in the world. There's too many broken people to do anything else. And he just came with the heart of, I just want to know more about God. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell people about God. And I want to learn about the Lord. So he registered for seminary. So... I registered for the wives program to learn how to serve him in that way. And, it was and a I, long wow. season. Yeah. We wrapped up a long season quickly, but, but you know, I, after I did get up and preach a few times and realized how much prep I did for, for that and how much I grew in that prep, mm. I just thought, come on, wow, I'm getting way more out of this than anyone that's ever going to hear me. This is amazing. Mm. There's actually people that get to prep and just dive into a, a passage and live with it and, and walk through it and then tell people about it. That's actually a thing. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. <laughs> and so it wasn't all at once. I want to be a, a, no, a pastor. No, it wasn't. Yeah, he, he was invited to speak a couple of places and just the way he felt when he walked off that stage was almost like those beginning days of getting mm. on stage for music. But it was for such a our, our true calling in life, which is to glorify the Lord. Amen. So, yeah. Wow. So good. And seminary, you're going where? Southern, is that right? Southern, good. correct. Great school. So open mic, I know you are used to crowds, but there are young families all around the world that are listening. After all you've seen today, what would be you know one thing that you both would want to tell them? Um, Granger, first. A message to the young people? Yeah, young families specifically. Mm. Man, that is, we could probably go on and on about this. Mm. This could be its own episode. Um, but I would, I would look at your family and look at the household as the first mission field, first of all. And I've been, I'll say it this way. I've been studying Daniel 1. And I'm probably going to use Daniel 1 a few times this year for men's conferences. And think of it in terms of Daniel, who was a young boy, taken to Babylon. And his parents had prepared him with with a love of the Lord, with Scripture, with a reverence for the Lord, with who God is. And he was able to withstand everything taken away from him. And so we should all ask ourselves as, as parents and, and as young, and young teenagers, we should ask ourselves, would we be ready for Babylon like that? Would we be ready? Because we do not know what the future holds. And man, what a great reflection we could all have to ask ourselves that question. And it all comes down really to, to knowing who God is. Yeah to knowing who he is, and when we know who he is, better as he's revealed in the Bible. And that is an endless, that is a lifetime journey for us. And so that, that, that's what I would say to young people, to families. I would say, are you ready for Babylon? Do you know who God is? Mm-hmm. Start today. Learn who he is today. That's good. 
Amber, anything? Yeah, I agree. I would say the first thing is, yeah, I read a book recently and somebody asked somebody the question in the book or told them, gave them some advice. And it was just so simple, but they said it was a woman who was suffering from cancer and she was about to pass. And she said, you need to decide right now what you think about God right now, who you think he is right now, because I'm going to die and you can't, you're going to need him the most when I'm gone. So you need to, you need to decide who you think he is right now. The only way we can decide who we think he is, is if we know who he is, which is the only way to find that out is to read the scriptures into who he reveals himself to be, not who the world says, not who, you know, some pastors say who he reveals himself to be in his word, because that's all you're going to have. And like Granger said, Babylon is coming. There is suffering. Jesus said, you will have tribulation. Not you might, you will have tribulation. So who is your Lord to you? Is he completely sovereign over everything? Because that's the God of the Bible. And there's so much peace in that and rest in that and hope in that. So we, I would tell young families to raise your children up, but also make sure whichever way you're raising them up, make sure that you're going that way too. Mm-hmm. So Amen. Good. Well, I think actually, I don't know if you heard it, my love, but I think he just committed to doing another episode because he said this would require a whole nother episode. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I still have to come back on. Well, you got it. Tony, can I say one more thing to this? You, I need do we have time? You guys just go. Okay. I, I do want to say one, th- one more thing because probably it's a pretty good guess that people, there will be people that find this podcast because they are hurting. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're grieving. Yeah. And it would be unbalanced of me if I didn't say that we don't present the gospel of Jesus as simply a Band-Aid for your own grief. And although I am so sorry for anyone listening that is, that is hurting or grieving, I want you to know that as I sought to find out who Jesus is after that dark night, I realized that it was not, he, he was not the one I needed to fix my problems. I realized that the problem all along was me hmm. and that I was a sinner and that Jesus came to reconcile my relationship with God. And understanding that for me really changed everything. When I realized that that guilt that the world said, you're not guilty, Granger, you, this is an accident. And, and it, regardless of, of the sin involved in losing River, regardless of that, as we realize that we are guilty and Jesus comes to say, I will restore you. I will forgive you. Trust in me. I will reconcile, I will bring you to God. That's what he came to do. Jesus came to bring us to God. And when I realized that, the slideshow lost its sting. It's, I still think of it. I still think of this. I just told the story of the slideshow and it doesn't affect me. Mm. I, I, still feel the, I still feel sentimental and I still miss River, but it doesn't cripple me like I did, like it used to, because the sting is gone. Because I recognize, yeah, I, I was guilty that night, and I'm still guilty today. Thank God that Jesus came to reconcile that guilt and to bring me to God. Not because of anything I did, mm. but what he did. And I, I, it, this podcast cannot be complete if, if people don't understand that while they're grieving. Amen. Amen. God made him who knew no sin to be sin yes. on our behalf so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. What an exchange. 
Well, thank you guys. We know you're busy. Uh, it's truly incredible to see the Lord using you. In fact, um, you know, Aaron, who's here with us producing, uh, he was just telling me when he walked in that when they lost their baby, so um, mm-hmm. their baby two years ago was born um, in full term, and uh, the Lord uh, the Lord took baby. Uh, but he was just telling me that his mother-in-law, actually <laughs> that, that, that week, uh, sent um, his wife, Chrissy, uh, a story, a story about another young couple who was enduring loss. And um, little did we know till just a few minutes ago that happened to be Granger and Amber Smith. And mm-hmm. so your story, even here in this very room, has been touching lives in our church for, for now going on two and a half years. And so it's neat to see the Lord work. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Praise guys. God. Praise God. Well, Aaron, I think Granger and Amber deserve a round of applause. What do you think? That was a, a good hour. Yeah, that's kind of innovation. That's kind of Super Bowl. All right, that's that's good. That's they deserve applause. I don't know. That's that's a lot of applause. Date night, fam. Remember, Granger's book is like a river. Grab tissues for that one. Amber's podcast is a rise with Amber. Granger will be preaching here at Mission in April, and all of that will be in the show notes. You can just scroll down to look at. Let's go ahead and pray. In fact, Granger, would you be willing to close us out in prayer, brother? Yes. God, you are so great, unmoving, unchanging, always good, planning for your glory, always purposing for your greater glory as we have these discussions about you, as we seek to know who you are more and more, we just we, we pray that your word goes out and that anything we might have said on this podcast that was not from you, you just delete it. And we pray that the word that does come from you, we pray that it reaches those hearts, the people that need to hear it, Lord, drop that veil from their eyes, mm. open their ears, soften their hearts, so that they could know you, Lord Jesus, so that you could bring them to God as you have promised. Lord, fulfill that promise in your word right here on this podcast, bringing people to respond to this so that they go, Lord, I want to know you. That's our hope for everyone listening. That is our hope and our prayer. We thank you for for this podcast and this platform and what you've done with Bree and Tony. And we pray for 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 all these people that they may know God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Date Nighters, we love you. Leave a review message anytime on the gram. A special thanks to Aaron for producing, Mission Bible for hosting, and Team Smith for joining us. Until next time, keep living for His glory and fighting for your family.